This is Money, Motivation, and Mike, and I am your host, Michael Wainwright. In charge of all the controls is audio engineer Jason Wright. And hello to you, world. This is the show that will change your life. You can contact us at info at mx3.vip and find all our content at mx3.vip or on our YouTube at youtube.com slash at mx3podcast. And don't forget to hit the like, subscribe, and hit the icon bell to get notified of all of our content as we come to you every week around nine o'clock. Jason? The Texas Rangers are up two to one, and I have a World Series flag right here in my hand. Maybe you can put this on the website, and as you know, the rally rags. Now, what we do have in in store here, unless the Rangers go out and win all three, and they've already won one in Phoenix, Arizona, then there will be a Game 6 and possibly even a Game 7 back in Arlington Stadium, and that will be for the first time ever. And, you know, the Rangers have hosted the World Series uh, as the home team, this is the first time in 2013. I mean, 2023. See, back in 2010 and 2011, um, the 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 home team of the of the World Series was was whoever won the All Star Game, whatever league won the All Star Game, their representative in the in the World Series was uh, the home team. All right, in a 16 year span. The American League won like 14 All-Star games. The two they lost was 2010 and 2011 when the Rangers went to the World Series. Now, obviously, that was a goofy rule, seeing how basically the All-Star game is an exhibition, Hmm. and you're you're basing home field advantage for a World Series on an All-Star game. That's another episode in itself. The legendary great Bud Selig uh, come up with that rule, which, but you know, uh, the 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 owner still had to had to vote on it and pass it as well. But nevertheless, it is it is it is still, and we are I say it's still baseball time. We are twelve hours away from November, mm-hmm. and it'll still be baseball time. You realize mm-hmm. that the Dallas Cowboys, because you know how it works in 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 Texas, especially North Texas, and in a lot of the surrounding areas around the country, when that NFL starts up. It's about it's about the NFL. Now, with the Cowboys starting up in July and going through August with preseason and then starting up their season in September and October, the Rangers are going to play basically till mid-season of the National Football League. Congratulations. <laughs> we, are we turned into a baseball town up, up in the Metroplex? Probably not. But – They've had a whole lot more success than those those uh, those Dallas Cowboys over the last twenty five years. Hey, moving right along here and continuing our episode on the Texas Rangers and and basically honoring them on the fact that they have made the World Series for the third time in the history and the third time in the last thirteen years. So so very very good stuff there. And uh, Jason and I were talking off off the uh, before we come on the air uh, that just this past yesterday. Uh, the legendary uh, Frank Howard, a longtime Washington senator, uh, died yesterday. And uh, you also brought me up a good tidbit, and I think it was mentioned on the broadcast as well, Fox, that uh, Frank Howard was the last Washington senator to hit a home run mm-hmm. and the first Texas Ranger to hit a home run. That's right. What that would tell me is he made the move to Arlington, Texas. That's right. Back in 1972. All right, moving right along. And – you know, we, 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 we talk a lot about business on Money, Motivation, and Mike. And, of course, as we have trickled through these years of the Texas Rangers, we continue to talk about 
uh, a lot of sales taking place because basically the the owners would come in and try to in uh, to to increase the value of the club while it was losing money and then sell it off at a later date and that later date not too far away because uh, for the most part the Texas Rangers have not made a whole lot of money over the course of their time but nevertheless uh here we are coming into we're skipping forward to 1989 which was a big year it was a big year first of all because Eddie Charles sold the team uh to a group headed by George W Bush all right now you go back and you think in 1968 that the Rangers sold for 9.4 million dollars to Mr Short and then here you come and 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 then another sell in there but then here you come to 1989 and Eddie Childs sells the team to a group headed by George W Bush not the governor at the time and of course not the president as well for 89 million dollars so remember this guy had Mr Short had to sell the team in 1970 because he was 12 million dollars in debt and needed 12 million dollars to get even and now uh we're we're Eddie Childs is selling this team uh for $89 million on his $9.4 million investment or $12 million investment from the 1970s. And and, re, and also remember that team that bought, uh, the, the, the managing group that, that bought the team in, in 1989, headed up by George Bush. And a lot of people thought George Bush almost basically owned the team by himself. George Bush put up $500,000, Jason, for his purchase of part of the Rangers in 1989 and then big spending president Bush, governor Bush, neither one at the time, of course, put in another hundred thousand dollars in 1990. Now, if old Ray Davis, majority owner of today, old well tycoon Ray Davis, who by the way, lives in Denison, Texas, where we come to you every week with our, with our show. Uh, did you know that? I didn't. Yeah. Ray Davis, the Rangers, Rangers owner, lives right here in Denison, Texas. Okay. Yeah, I won't give out the address, but I'm sure most people can find it. It's the big old house as you leave town. <laughs> I know uh, it's one now. Yes, exactly. Uh, but um, he, he, he called you up and said, uh, for $100,000, I'm going to let you own part of, this comp- part of this team, which is a company. Mm-hmm. I think you'd do everything in the world you could do to come up with that hundred grand. If he had, if he said you could do it for five hundred thousand, I I would say that you'd have lots of people interested in in helping you obtain that five hundred thousand dollars, knowing what it, it will grow into. Um, but nevertheless, uh, you know, the, one one of the things that George Bush did do is he convinced the city of Arlington that uh, Arlington Stadium was becoming da- dilapidated, and the city of Arlington passed and decided to put in a sales tax. A, a sales tax uh, uh, increase to help fund uh, the, the the publicly at that time publicly funded ballpark, which ends up being called the ballpark in Arlington. And um, did you know that stadium was built for one hundred ninety three million dollars? Going back to Turnpike Stadium being built for ten million, and now we got one hundred ninety three million dollars. Now, what was what's interesting about this sales tax deal in nineteen ninety three? And they go out and, you know, when you're collecting sales tax at even a half percent. And, and you know, Arlington, Texas, I would bet it's a top 10 city for population in the state of Texas. 
and we have some large cities in this state. I mean, they, they crossed over a quarter million, million people 20 years ago. There, there's a lot of people that live in Arlington, Texas. And if you're getting a half percent, you can pay off $190 million very, very quick. So also, what did that help a soon-to-be uh, owner in the future? Jerry Jones goes out there and gets sold on the same deal. And a whole lot of uh, what is now AT&T Stadium, Cowboy Stadium, paid for by sales tax money. So the business aspect of this thing continues on and on and on. And of course, 1989, another big deal that year was the fact that um, the Rangers were able to sign Nolan Ryan to a contract and bring him in. Now, when you go look at the numbers in 1989 and through 1993, that was that was Nolan's last um, last year with the Texas Rangers. It was his last year in baseball as he retired. Uh, when you go look at the numbers, Nolan didn't do... He wasn't out there winning you 20 games a year. You know, he, he wasn't out there striking out 300 batters a year. But what he did do was bring credibility to the Texas Rangers. Nolan Ryan wants to be a Texas Ranger. And this George Bush guy, who ends up being the governor and the vice and, and, and the president of the United States, he he is the the face and most people think the owner of the Texas Rangers. That brought a lot of credibility to the Rangers. And then Nolan goes out here and gets his 300th win, his sixth no-hitter, his seventh no-hitter, his 5,000th strikeout, a lot of milestones. And when you go back and you look, I don't know that we'll have any more 300 winners because guys just can't throw that long Mm. anymore. And um, But but winning 300 games is a big deal. 5,000 strikeouts, probably to never be touched. Six and seven no-hitters, probably to never be touched. And he did all that in a Texas Ranger uniform, which gave Texas Rangers a lot of publicity and a lot of people tuning into games to see Nolan Ryan get strikeout 4,995, 96, 97, right on, right on down the line. Uh, or uh, going to ESPN and seeing that Nolan Ryan is nine outs away from another no-hitter and going and watching that game. Now, th- those are the big things that come along. And then, of course, also in 1993, the old legendary young youngster Robin Ventura charging the mound mm. and unfortunately running into a bull out on, out on the mound who, who automatically gets him into a headlock and just goes to town on him, which comes up with the don't mess with Texas. That's where that came from. Don't mess with Texas. And then you see it all over the highways now, because I'm yeah. sure the state of Texas jumped out there and got that deal done. But don't mess with Texas and and Texas Ranger, Nolan Ryan and Texas Ranger guns and hat and the whole cowboy deal all the way to the to the to the top. Um, all big notoriety stuff for Nolan Ryan that he brought them, which also helped George Bush go out and get this stadium. So even though those weren't the best of years, they were the best of years. And then don't forget. On July the 28th of 1994, Kenny Rogers, not the singer, right? <laughs> Kenny Rogers pitched the 12th perfect game in Major League history in Arlington against what was then called the California Angels, our, our sister club, cousin club from 1961 that got a franchise the same year that the Washington Senators got a franchise. So on and on and on, good things. But remember, in 1994, and we talk about how – the Senators and the Rangers. Remember, the Senators only had one winning season in 10 years in Washington. The Senators and the Rangers and how they struggled, et cetera, et cetera. 
The Texas Rangers were in first place, Jason, in 1994 when, well, we're going to go back to that dude, Bud Selig, canceled the remainder of the season because of the strike. You know, 1994, we did not have a World Series. And there were two big things going on in 1994. The Rangers were in first place, and the Montreal Expos had loaded up, and they were way out front in first place. Now, remember, Montreal Expos don't exist anymore. They're now the Washington Nationals. It's kind of ironic how all this works. Uh, It's just a small, small world out there, is it not? Mm -hmm. On and on and on. And then we come to the 95 through 2000 years when the the Rangers hired Johnny Oates and what Johnny Oates do. He went out and got us into the playoffs for the first time in the 24 year history since the Rangers moved to Texas. And we went out and won that first game, Jason. Now uh, from, and basically had game two one as well until our third baseman threw it down the line in the ninth inning on a bunt and the floodgates opened up and we get beat. And now if you remember, 96, got beat by the Yankees. 98, got beat by the Yankees. For a trivia question, who did we get beat by in 99? Yankees. The Yankees. And and as I've said on, on, on the previous show, we just happened to be running into a buzzsaw at that time on a team that was on a, on a, on a, um, a dynasty run that the Yankee club had not seen since the 50s. So big time stuff, and we just happened to get in the way and kind of got our feet stepped on. Actually, no, we got our we we got demolished. <laughs> we lost nine straight playoff games to the Yankees. So that that is why that that game in 2010, when we beat the Yankees in the American League Championship Series and struck out our old buddy Alex Rodriguez to end that game, was to me that was bigger than winning the World Series. <laughs> and of course, it was bigger than winning the World Series since the Texas Rangers have never won it. Uh, moving right along. Johnny Oates, 96, 98, 99, a lot of things, a legendary Johnny Oates. By the way, Johnny's, Johnny's number is retired with the, te- with the Texas Rangers. But then we move into 98 during this time when now the George Bush group sells the team to Tom Hicks. It's not a very popular two names, in, in, for that matter, in baseball. Uh, let alone the North Texas area, let alone the state of Texas, let alone anybody who's a Ranger fan. Tom Hicks buys the team for $250 million. Now, remember, the George Bush group gave $89 million in 1989. And Hicks buys the team in 1998 for $250 million. Um, okay, whatever. We then come to 2001, the lean years. And also... The Alex Rodriguez years. Alex Rodriguez in, uh, in, in the spring of 2001, the star, superstar, shortstop, um, Alex Rodriguez, the Seattle Mariners, was signed by the Rangers in the most lucrative deal in baseball history, a, 10 million, a 10-year, $250 million, $252 million contract. Now, with a club that is not known for making money, on a regular basis, and you go out and commit $252 million to a position player, not even a pitcher, you have just committed financial suicide. And the, and Tom Hicks, who also owned the Dallas Stars. So you got to think about this. And he's part of um, Hicks Sports Group. They called it Hicks Sports Group. 
Now, here's the problem with owning multi-franchises. Uh, when the Stars struggled, you just take it out of the Ranger kitty. Mm. When the Rangers struggled, you just take it out of the Stars kitty. Because remember, in 99 and 2000, Stars are win- winning the Stanley Cup and going to another. So they were, they were rocking and rolling down there. They may have been the ones at that time that was actually uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul, if you will. But nevertheless, uh, the, the Rangers, Tom Hicks, et cetera, took a lot of heat for going out and, and, and giving out this kind of money. Because, see, it crippled, it crippled what a player was going to get in this, in this market. No one had ever gotten money like this. Remember, our, our, our lovely Nolan Ryan in 1980 was the first ever person to get paid a million dollars to play baseball. And here we are uh, uh, 20 years later, and this dude's going to get $252 million. Now, as we say, that just committed uh, a major financial strain on the team. And in 2003, the Rangers have to get rid of Alex Rodriguez because to his defense, he was sold a bill of goods. Now, it's easy to get sold that when you're somebody's giving you $252 million. I believe anything you tell me if you give me $252 million. Right. And he did. And unfortunately, he was, he was being told this by Tom Hicks. And so what he was being told is we're going to go build a team around you. What they all forgot to do is use their calculator and realize they didn't have any more money to build anybody around him. So he demanded a trade, and he gets traded to the New York Yankees for Alfonso Soriano and an infield prospect named Joaquin Arias. Now, Alfonso was a good player, really, really good player. He wasn't Alex Rodriguez. And remember, when we trade him off, we still owe him all this money, all this money, which brings us now to 2010 with Rangers Baseball Express LLC. So following, can you believe Tom Hicks had financial troubles with his tenure as the owner of the Texas Rangers, including defaulting on a $525 million loan. Tom Hicks and Hicks Sports Group reached an agreement to sell the Rangers to a group headed by Pittsburgh sports lawyer Chuck Greenberg and then Ranger team president Nolan Ryan for approximately $570 million. Now, they reached this agreement in January of of 2010. Hicks also sold them much of the land surrounding the ballpark to Greenberg and Ryan are agreed to do it as well. However, now this is why in banking, the person with the money makes the goal, make, makes the, the rules. The old deal, the person with the goal makes the rules. Well, in banking, the person with the money makes the rules. However, one of Hicks Sports Group's principal leaders, Monarch Alternative Capital, opposed the sale on the grounds that the proceeds would not fully repay the defaulted Hicks Sports Group note. So on April 21st of 2010, Major League Baseball issued a statement declaring the Rangers' sale to be under the control of the commissioner. Baseball has to step in to the Texas Ranger franchise, been in business since 1961, and they now are running the Texas Rangers. In 2010, we go to a World Series in 2010. And they're now running the Texas Rangers because of a stalemate. And then, and, and think about this, Jason. Like I say, we went to the we went to the World Series. Texas Rangers filed Chapter Eleven bankruptcy in 2010 in midseason, and three four months later, 
they are in the World Series. It's kind of crazy. May 24th is whenever. So June, July, August, September, five months. Um, May 24th, Texas Rangers fall. Chapter 11, bankruptcy. And at that date, Hicks Sports Group's debt was now $575 million. Remember, he sold it. He, he reached an agreement before the season started um, and only owed $525. By May, he, by, by, the, by the summer, he'd, he'd, he'd gotten another $50 million in debt, Tom Hicks. And he's the guy who has the legendary comments, financial flexibility. He knows nothing about financial flexibility. And uh, that's obvious with his, with his works here. And I don't know that that's an opinion. Uh, that, that's just stating the facts. But much of the debt of the $575 million was unsecured. Incredible. You can't go down to the bank and borrow $1,000 without putting something up. Right. And some guys at some bank loans him 500 or gets him up to 575. I know that wasn't the number when they started of unsecured of unsecured debt and get and 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 most of the money was owed on back pay to players. At that time, the Rangers still owed Alex Rodriguez 24.9 million dollars. Mm. This is 2010, Jason. He hadn't played for the Rangers in 7 years. And we still owe him $25 million. <laughs> That's great stuff, isn't it? Great stuff. So Greenberg and Ryan were awarded uh, the Rangers in a closed court case in, uh, in bankruptcy. And then they were approved by all 30 owners of, of, of the Major League Baseball teams. And by most of the money, and this is where we come, to oil magnates Ray Davis and Bob Simpson, they, they paid a bulk of the – sales price, which ended up coming in at $539 million. And of course, uh, Greenberg ended up selling out a year later due to conflicts with the other owners and Ryan became the CEO. So we were very, very happy with the fact that knowing Ryan's in charge as we're going to those world series. And I know John Daniels was the general manager at that time, but nevertheless, um, controlling owner, but Ray Davis Unanimous vote of 30 votes in the Major League Baseball to um, become the majority owner of the Texas Rangers. And in 2011, Jason, 2011, the Rangers won 96 victories. That is as close as the Texas Rangers have ever been to winning 100 games. Went 96 and 66, a winning percentage of .592 for you mathematicians out there, and advanced to the World Series again, beating the uh, Tampa Bay Rays and then the Detroit Tigers the Detroit Tigers, in in the uh, American League Championship Series. Now, before this episode ends, now you got to remember, this brings us uh, 2010, those World Series days, and then back to 2023, and once again, we're the Rangers right now. Here on, I'm going to give this date out, October 31st, because I know the show won't come out for a few more days, where you need two victories to have the World Championship in the Texas Rangers' hands. And I know that we've been one strike away twice. Good fortune is coming our way. I mean, how could it not after 50-plus years, right? But let's talk touch about this. You have been to three World Series. You are two wins away from a world championship. You've been in business since 1961. In the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York, there are only two players 
that wear Texas Ranger uniforms in their in 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 their displays. One of them's Nolan Ryan. He only played for us for five years. And like I told you, did a lot, but really didn't do a whole lot. Did a lot for the team outside the lines with a couple of things that he did inside the lines. And the only real true bona fide Ranger in the Hall of Fame is Yvonne Pudge Rodriguez. And his numbers retired as well. Now, the Washington Senators had some players that played for them. Nellie Fox, Gil Hodges, Minnie Minoso, and Ted Williams. Because remember, Ted Williams was the manager when the Texas Rangers came to town. And then the Rangers also have nine more players in the Hall of Fame that played for the Rangers, but on their statues, their displays, there is not um, um, a Texas Ranger hat or shirt to be found. Probably a mention on a plaque down the far corner, but that's Harold Baines. I have no problem with him not mentioning us. Bert, Bert Bly Levin. Bert be home by eleven is his real is what we what we call him. <laughs> Goose Gossage, Vladimir, Vladimir Guerrero on the two thousand team ten team by the way. Whitey Herzog, Ferguson Jenkins, and Gaylord Perry, two legendary players that I love because that was the bulk of the pitching staff in the nineteen seventies. Uh, but like I say, only two players, and we have the Rangers have retired six players numbers. Number 10, Michael Young. Number 7, Yvonne Pudge Rodriguez. Number 26, Johnny Oates. Number 29, Adrian Beltre. Number 34, Nolan Ryan. And number 42, like all other 29 Major League teams, Jackie Robinson. Now, why do I point that out? There is only two people on that list of six that actually played in the World Series for the Rangers. That's what you have to do when you don't win for 50 years. Mm-hmm. Find some guys that kind of helped you out along the way and stick them up there. And that's no discredit to Michael Young. I mean, I mean um, Pudge Rodriguez, because I, I consider Pudge to be the, the greatest Texas Ranger ever. Uh, and, and, and it's not his fault that they couldn't put other people in it, in it, and it's not his fault that they let him go to the uh, Florida Marlins. So what he do goes down to the Florida Marlins and wins the World Series because at that time our general manager thought that a catcher only had so many innings that he could catch before he started wearing down. And I don't know what that number is, uh, how many innings that is. It might be 20,000 innings. I, I don't know. But that was the thought process that – that Pudge Rodriguez had got to that number and he was going to start breaking down and it was time to pay him big bucks. So we let him go. He goes and wins a world series with the Florida Marlins. He goes back to another world series with the Detroit Tigers mm-hmm. and, and, and ends up playing for the Houston Astros for a minute. It was, he had another decade inning and we let him go. And I don't know if you remember after we let him go, we couldn't throw out anybody. We couldn't have a pitch out. And have the guy fall down going to second base and throw somebody out. Woo, you reap what you sow, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. There are also uh, 22 members of the Texas uh, Sports Hall of Fame that we'll get into at another time, sometime along the way. And one of those guys was a shortstop, a third baseman, and then became the manager of the Texas Rangers 
who was my favorite ranger growing up, Toby Harrow, who also went and coached the Cleveland Indians uh, as well and played for the Cleveland Indians. But he was a manager uh, for the for the Rangers in 1992. And I don't know that a whole lot of people know that or not, but the great legendary Toby Harrow. Okay, that brings us back to where we are in present day with these Texas Rangers on the verge of of breaking through. And I and I know there's four games to go and you've only got to win two and the other team's got to win three. So you really, really like your chances, but as I've said, until it happens, it, it hadn't happened because we've been closer in this before. A whole lot closer than this. But we're gonna as Bon Jovi says, we're gonna keep the faith and and we're gonna rock and roll. And when we come back to our next episode next episode, hopefully we'll be talking about the world champion Texas Rangers. Now, Jason, if the Rangers lose three games in a row, we're going to go right straight back to 1990s Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Um, Money Motivation and Mike continues to thank you. And, and, and we jumped right into this stuff and I didn't even mention our, our, our subscribers on YouTube is up 18% over the last week. I'll just throw that in there as it continues to grow and we continue to be honored with the fact that you continue to listen to us and view us on a regular daily basis, not just Monday mornings. And of course, always you can find our content at mx3.vip and you can email us at info at mx3.vip or on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at mx3 podcast. And don't forget to like, subscribe and hit the icon bell to get notified all of our new content, uh, which comes out every Monday morning around nine o'clock. So go Texas Rangers. Uh, by the way, real quickly, the Dallas, since we're on sports and, and, you know, we didn't talk any politics today. Um, the, the, the Dallas stars are in action as well. And they were playing very well. I think they've only lost one game. The Mavericks have not lost a game and the Cowboys continue to blow out the uh, cream puffs of the NFL, but we know that'll come to an end sometime in January. Mm, yeah. Yes. Okay, for everyone who's been a part of this one, continue to live your life the right way.